Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Digitally Uploaded podcast. I'm Matt Sainsbury, the editor-in-chief fella at digitallydownloaded.net. Net, nets, net, whatever. Uh, with me this week, we have Matt. Hello, New Zealand Matt. Hello, Australian Matt. It's good to have you on again. Hope you've been yes. well. Yes, I haven't been. I've been sick all week, but I'm, I'm better now, so... Okay, good to hear. And speaking of people who are still sick, we also have very fluey Trent on. Hello, Trent. How are you? Thank you for taking the time out of the fluey that you threw, but uh, it's good to have you on. Obviously, very, very flu. I, and I only got on Friday, like so. I only, I'm only just starting the flu. I'm, I'm well into be having a good flu season, and I'm also mega tired from my next door neighbours having their uh, eleven uh, a, a p.m. to four a.m. Uh, party. So. Yeah, I'm I'm in a good headspace. Yeah, you're going to be pretty. You're going to be surreal this week, I think, Trent. Um, when am I not? <laughs> we ha- we have plenty to talk about. It's been a good week for games, and uh, we are going to go to some Hatsune Miku musics, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the games of next month because it's going to be a big one. So yeah, we've got plenty to talk about.
Welcome back, everybody. So let's talk about the games of July. It's going to be a big month of releases. We are now halfway through the year, which is good, but the next half of the year is looking like it's going to be even more loaded. So if we run through, I guess, the two major consoles that are worth talking about, or the only two consoles that are worth talking about, Switch and the PS4. Sorry, Trent, the Xbox sucks. Um, I admit, there's no releases <laughs> worth talking about. Yeah, there's nothing coming out. That's the only problem. It's not much to talk about there. But let's talk about the Switch first. So on July 2, there is the port of Red Faction Guerrilla and Dream Daddy, which are both, which should both be interesting enough. Um, then we've got Stranger Things 3, the game coming out on July 4. I guess that's to tie into the release of the next TV series, which is good. Probably more for the TV series than the game. But anyway, let's play it anyway. July 4 also brings us Clannad, which is a classic visual novel, which is finally going to be on our Switches. And if you haven't had a chance to play that one yet, then give it a go. July 5 brings Cyrilim 3, which I have to bring up because it's an Aussie-developed game anyway. And it's a roguelike monster-collecting thing in which there's about 300,000 different monsters to collect. So people who were disappointed by Pokemon having the limited number of Pokemon in the game can play that one instead and stop complaining on Twitter. Thank you very much. Uh, what do we got? on yes, July Trent. I want my polytone. <laughs> it's not about collecting them all. I just want to have my polytone. Trent, Trent, I'm with you because Farfetch'd won't be in this one, and that makes me sad, but, you know, I moved on. You should too. Um, no. <laughs> on July 9 comes Senran Kagura Peach Ball, which is going to be pinball. Well, it's a pinball game where you hit the balls at the girls' chests, and if you don't believe me, that's actually literally what it's about. You can go and Google search some videos up, and I'm sure that's going to be a classic Game of the Year contender. That's for sure. Uh, let's skip through to July. Well, July 10, a day later, comes Soul Seraph, which was actually only announced last week. It comes to us from Ace Team, and it's actually a really interesting-looking game. It's a mix of tower defense and side-scrolling, and Ace Team is a talented developer behind the likes of Rock of Ages and... What's the other one? Uh, Abyss Odyssey. So they should be... I mean, they know what they're doing. Uh, one of the bigger South American developers out there. So always interesting to see what they come up with next. Uh, scrolling through a bit further, for people who are fans of Advance Wars and pissed off that nobody makes Advance Wars games anymore, there's actually Tiny Metal, Full Metal Grumble coming out on July 11, which is a sequel to Tiny Metal, funny enough, and that should be more of the same Advance Wars-style action. Um... What do we got? Let's scroll through. July 12, we've got Dragon Quest Builders 2 coming out, which is a sequel to Dragon Quest Builders, believe it or not. And that means it's going to be more of the same. It's Minecraft meets Dragon Quest, which is a great combination. And if you play the original, you should be looking forward to the sequel. Uh, we've also got God Eater 3 coming out on Switch on July 12. I know there are fans of God Eater, God Eater out there. Um, look forward to that, I guess. We've got, on July 19, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, The Black Order, which is Koei Tecmo's developed Switch-exclusive Marvel game. And that looks good, doesn't it? It does look good. Mm, that was yes. a rhetorical question. It does look it good. Does look good. <laughs> um, for me, the big release of the month on Switch comes on July 26, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Um, and yeah, that's Fire Emblem. I do love my Fire Emblem and definitely looking forward to that. And finally, let's mention Kill la Kill, the game that comes out on July 26th. That's a very popular anime and the game itself looks quite good too. Um, and I will mention it comes out on August 1, but screw it. I'm going to mention it anyway. Hamsterdam comes out on August 1 and that's a... Hamsterdam? Yeah, Hamsterdam. That's a brawling game featuring a hamster, so... 
you know, that's good. In Amsterdam? In Amsterdam. No, he's not in Amsterdam. Jesus, he's not doped up and stuff. Um, let's move over to PlayStation 4 because it has a couple of other games which aren't coming on Switch. Uh, there's a lot of games that are coming on Switch, but stuff that is going to come out on PS4 alone or, or PS4 and PC or whatever, but not coming out on Switch. July 2 brings Fire Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers, which Matt's playing a bit, and it's good, right, Matt? It's good. It's good. That's good. Yeah, it's very good. good. It has good King Mog back, right? He's got a whole new narrative arc. And... No, no, not so far. That's no good. No worth. It's not worth playing unless good King Mog is kind of the central character in that one. Um, Tour de France comes out on July two, and I'm a big fan of that sports game franchise. <laughs> After the last one, it's actually. Yeah, it, it's not a game you'd expect to work, but it works, and yeah, that should be good fun. Um, a lot of other stuff is much the same. On July 23, there is Data Live Rio Reincarnation coming, which is a trilogy of visual novels, which um, is based, obviously, on the anime Data Live. And the anime is great because the characters are all designed by Sunako, which is the... Um, the idea factory artist behind Hyperdimension Neptunia and all those other great characters. So it's going to be good fun to play, no doubt. And I think that's it. Oh, for fans of Wolfenstein, there are two Wolfenstein games coming on July 26, but who cares about those really? <laughs> whatever. whatever. I have to mention them because they're names that people know, but yeah, whatever. Um, it's no Commander King remake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah neither's the mobile game. Um, <laughs> if anything was the most dis disappointing thing about E3 it's like yeah we're making a new Commander King game and then yeah it's a shitty mobile thing um, Matt what are you looking forward to most this month do tell us uh, well I don't know if looking forward to it is the right word because I'm already playing it but um, Shadowbringers Final Fantasy XIV expansion is probably what I'll be playing most of this month if only because it's got like 300 hours of contents in it, right? Yeah, lots of contents, lots of lots of um, stuff to do, and new jobs. The new dancer job is really cool. I think you will, if you ever go back to playing Final Fantasy fourteen, Matt. I think you you'll enjoy it solely for when you get the dancer job, and you can just fight by dancing and. <laughs> You can dance. Buff your team by dancing. Oh, that's cool. That that match naturally kind of fits with my swimsuit character. It does actually. Yes, the <laughs> like the actual job outfits are quite well. They're like dancer outfits anyway. The kind of <laughs> the kind of classic Final Fantasy skimpy dancer outfit. Yeah, see that that suits me. That suits my gameplay styles. And then maybe people will stop yelling at me if I when they will get stuck with me in the dungeons. That would be that'd be nice. They'll still yell at you if you don't pull your weight. Oh, okay. You still, you still, you still have to, to do your damages. So my favourite hobby of actually just you know, going into the screenshot mode and ignoring the rest of the game, <laughs> it's still not going to go down well with my team, is it? That's well, I mean, no, but there's also <laughs> now with the expansion you can don't have to... For the, the um, party party or the dungeons and things you can take npcs in with you instead of other players and the npcs don't get mad at you are you sure they won't get mad at me Matt? because well, i have a I, way of getting even npcs mad at me i, I can't say for sure because i haven't tried it yet but 
I would can't see why they would. I don't imagine <laughs> that something Square Enix would have thought to like build into their script. Maybe they did to try and make it an authentic experience. <laughs> Should definitely be coded in. Yeah, especially for me. Like it'd be like, yeah, this this guy's such a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to code these NPCs to be mad at him. Um, yes. Trent, I know you're probably not going to play Final Fantasy fourteen, but do tell us what you're looking forward to. Yeah, so I guess I'm looking for Fire, Fire Emblem because I didn't expect it was going to come out this early and I was kind of on the uh, um, Erastal uh, ch- chain sort of hype train. So that was, in my mind, even though it's an August game, is something to wait for and, and you're like, Final Fantasy's coming out. So... I mean, not Final Fantasy, Fire Emblem. Wow. <laughs> I, I'm not converted to Fire Emblem. I mean, Final Fantasy yet. <laughs> now, there's a crossover I'd like to see. Fire Emblem times Final Fantasy. That would be great. <laughs> um, <laughs> it never happened, but it would be good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm the same. I love Fire Emblem a great deal, especially since these days it's all fan service and weeb stuff. Um <laughs> But I, I just had this impression that this game was always on the horizon and never actually going to come out because it's been so long since Nintendo teased it first. And yeah, it's coming out, which is great. I'm looking forward to it a great deal. Um, running my school, dating my students. That's, that's so the reason life. why I didn't like the Warriors game, which came out last year, was because I thought that was originally going to be this game. And I'm like, oh, I pre-ordered Fire Emblem. And then I sit down like, oh, this is a Warriors game. What? Like, the I Warriors thought... game was two years ago, wasn't it? Uh, whatever year it was. Like, I just thought it was the full game, and I'm like, yeah, I'm really excited to play this, and it turned out to be a Warriors game. And after playing Hyrule Warriors and not getting into it, I was like, again, oh, not really into the whole idea. I liked it a little bit better as a Warriors game. Don't get me wrong. Eventually, there'll be a Warriors game I like. I'm down for, down for playing... Down so for, Warriors. Down for so playing odd. Persona. <laughs> Persona You're Warriors. So, I'm so up for odd. that. Uh, Persona, Persona Warriors, I think it's not so much a Warriors game, is it? It's more a RPG thing, like the Dragon Quest ones, isn't it? Isn't that what I heard about that one? I mean, we're talking about a game that's coming out way down the track. But I, I think know. that's... Probably different yeah. by the time it's out. Yeah. Anyway, Fire Emblem Warriors was great. And Fire Emblem Three Houses is going to be great, I think. Even if they're deliberately, obviously, you know, having... They, they, there's going to be so many different characters, mostly because they want to then shove them all into Fire Emblem Heroes on mobile <laughs> and then force you to spend $300 million yeah. on gachas to get them all. That's obviously the goal with this series. It's to up the number of characters and crossover opportunities and stuff. So that's me being cynical. But Nintendo knows what it's on about. and It's going to work because I'm going to buy into it full. To be fair, full, fire, sure. fire, I mean, Fire... Yeah, Fire Emblem. I was about to say, am I saying Final Fantasy again? Anyway, so Fire Emblem does need some new characters, like some characters which are more memorable, because a lot of people started the series with Awakening, don't you remember? So if you started the series with the older games and the Game Boy games, yes, you've already got your favourite characters, but a lot of people who started with Awakening are like, who are all these characters Matt keeps going on about? Yeah, who's Lynn? Why should I, I care about someone called Lynn? Everyone should care about Lynn. She's the best character of them all. They better they better put her in and like DLC or something into this game. That would be good. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I haven't played many. I've only I think the only one I've played is Fates. I think that I think that's what it's called. The one on 3DS before the remake. For the Fire Emblem 2 remake. Yeah, it's hard to tell the difference between the ones up on the 3DS. They all kind of meld together yeah. as well. Um, the one with yeah. the, the one with Camilla in it. 
Camilla. Camilla. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. the the bad girl. Yeah. The very naughty, naughty yeah. wyvern rider. The yeah. one who everyone wants to step on them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's um <laughs> she's an interesting character, that one. I like the Dragon Dancer girl. That was my favourite from that game. I didn't play Fates. Fates was pretty good. I quite like Fates actually. Um I was just confused by like the initial stuff because in the Japan release it was more or less split up, and then the Western release was obviously bundling it into the game, which became Fates. But I was just way too confused by: Do I need this game? Do I need that game? What story am I missing out if I only buy one? And then I'm just like, Nah, it's too complicated. Yeah, yeah. it was. I think not the best decision. It was really weird. Yeah, and, like they were I trying mean... to do a Pokemon thing, but. For no reason, <laughs> I think I think Nintendo did an idea uh, idea factory. Nintendo and um, Intelligent Systems got a little bit silly with the series with the the 3ds and the releases and how it was all organized and stuff. So I think I think the Switch shop gives them an opportunity to reset a bit and get back to I guess the core of what people like about Fire Emblem. Um, so yeah, I've, I've got big hopes for it. Um, I think it'll be good. I do. I really do. Yeah. I'm looking forward to um, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 as well. Yeah, It looks like a... Um, the better look. Avengers game, as the internet calls it. <laughs> yeah, that's what, <laughs> that, that's, what, that's what I was trying to find the polite way of saying that. But yeah, it looks like a, a, a good Marvel game. Um, I mean, I trust Koei Tecmo. I, uh, that one's in, been developed by Team Ninja, isn't it? In particular. Yeah, yeah so I trust them. Um, I know people were a little bit put off by uh, Ninja Gaiden 3, but in general, I think Team Ninja is a pretty reliable developer. And I think from what I've seen in the footage and whatever, it looks quite good. It looks fun. It looks very... I don't know. It's it basically looks good. A, a, <laughs> a Marvel Diablo kind of action RPG thing, isn't it? Yeah, basically. Essentially. Uh, yeah, yeah. So... Kind of gives me a vibe like the Lego games. Like it's like doing their own thing with the Marvel universe. It's you know got all the characters there. It's a little bit kiddie, but it's not really. It's got that vibe to it. Like it looks like it's going to be just wholesome fun. Yeah. So basically, like the last two, the original two, which were developed yeah. by whichever Western developer and published by Activision. So yeah, but no one knows about them. <laughs> they were right, and this were... one, yeah, this one looks like it would be good fun. So it's it's. It's worth looking forward to, I guess. I'm surprised that you didn't immediately say Dragon Quest Builders too, though, Matt. I know that. Oh you're, yeah, I know that you're looking forward to that one. <laughs> I, very, I am. I really am looking forward to that. Um, I, I forgot about it completely. That is, I really love the first one, and um, the second one looks good. I'll admit, I've played. I bought. I imported it, imported it when it came out in Japan last oh, year. that's right. You even, so yeah, played, you even struggled it through in Japanese as well. Played, I mean, I haven't, yeah. I haven't played the whole thing, but I've played a substantial amount of it in Japanese, and it's it's really good. I really like it. It's kind of, well, like I said, it's more of the same, essentially, which is a good thing. There are some slight tweaks that are nice, like um, being able to swim. Um and like have build like sloped roof tiles and those sorts of things which the first game didn't have is um, it is it basically a, a retelling of the 
the story of the original Dragon Quest again? No, it's um, so it's this one relates to Dragon Quest two in some way, in the same way that the first one was like a kind of sequel to Dragon Quest one. Um, but I'm not. I don't really remember. I played Dragon Quest two, but I don't really remember much about what actually happened. So, but essentially, it's a sequel to Dragon Quest two, and you're trying to restore, stop the this kind of evil cult type thing called the Children of Hargon, who have taken over the world, and you and prevented people from being able to build stuff, and you. Bring, bringing back the power of building, essentially. This is like a movie. <laughs> that's that's hilarious. They're an evil organization, and, and they're they're great. They're they're evil because they stop people building stuff. I love it. Well, they 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 they, they force the the world into dereliction because people can when stuff breaks down, nobody can repair it. They've like like. And I mean, Dragon Quest Builders one was the same. It, like, yeah. Literally, people did not; they were not able to do it, even if they wanted to. They just, when they tried, everything broke. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so I mean, just moving on, uh, we we should talk to Trent about what he's clearly his most anticipated game of the month, and that's Senran Kagura Peach Ball. We know oh, that yeah. that's the one you're most looking forward to, right, Trent? Oh, yeah, totally. (laughs) Let's put it this way. I probably couldn't even pronounce all that, especially not in my (laughs) tired state. Secondly, I'm going to only assume that this is that uh, similar in vain to that pinball game you're talking about. No, this is the one we're talking about. Yeah, the Senra Kagura Peach Ball. It's the pinball game. The pinball um, game, yes. Yeah, the the targets are... um, For some reason, I thought you said beach ball. And I'm like, yeah, that works. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Senra, I'm surprised there's not a Senra Kagura beach volleyball game yet. That would not be surprising in the slightest. Um, yeah, that series has gone all kinds of crazy. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's much. I mean, I'm I, for me the funnily enough, the one that I'm really looking forward to is uh, the Data Live visual novel collection uh, because I'm a huge fan of Sunako's art. And we haven't had those games in the West before. So that's why it's, the collection is kind of all three of them in one, because they're localizing all three simultaneously. So that's a lot of contents, for one thing. Secondly, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of Sunako art. And I quite like the anime as well. Um, silly and fan service as it is. It's quite enjoyable. So I'm looking forward to that. And I think that's just about it. I don't think there's much else to talk about this month. Plenty to play, um, but I guess we'll have to wait and see how it all turns out. We'll go to some music, and we'll let Trent pick the music. Trent, pick a song, any song, Ooh. from whatever you like. Have we already done some Miku ones to annoy Alan? Yeah, yeah, we've already got the Miku in there. Oh, Don't worry about okay. that. I, worry about I would that. never, I would never pass <laughs> up an opportunity to annoy Alan. Multiple Miku? Oh no, that would be that be that be, be too horrible. Um, <laughs> One thing, one thing we didn't talk about, and it's probably good because I don't really know much about it, aside from that it looks cool, is Sea of Solitude. Oh, yeah. The, the new, like, EA indie kind of, whatever they call it, the EA Originals. Wait, that's, that's coming out this month? Yeah, July 5. It's what? it's true. We probably should have mentioned that. Um, that's like I'm game just of like... this month, and we didn't even talk about it. <laughs> I, I'm so used to blocking EA out these days. <laughs> um, I completely gloss over that. Yes. 
Sea of Solitude is coming out this month, and it does look good. It does look like EA. I don't know, EA's EA Originals, where they work with the indies, is is a noble thing that they. It's do, where they do their best work. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Um, and this and most of the ones I've played have turned out really well. Well, Faye and Unravel are both very yeah. good games. So, yeah, I think Sea of Solitude is definitely worth looking forward to. That comes out on what PS4 and Switch, or just PS4? Uh... Let's have a look. Just PS4 at the moment. I think, I think it's everything, is it? No, or... it's not a it's not coming it's on the switch yet. PS4, Microsoft Windows, and something called an Xbox. X, X, <laughs> X, Xbox, Xbox. Xbone? Yeah. Whatever that thing is, I've never heard of it. I have one of those. <laughs> oh. I'll, I'll, I'll play it on that. Yeah. It'll probably be on Game Pass. But yeah, it probably will be actually. So yeah, that comes out. Definitely have a look into that. Um Thanks for reminding us, Matt. Back to Trent. Pick your song. Pick my song. Okay, let's go with... Uh, have we done Terrytown before from the Breath of the Wild? I really like that song. It's really good. Well, if we haven't, we are doing it now. Um, so awesome. Terrytown from Breath of yes. the Wild. We'll be back to talk about games.
welcome back everybody hope you enjoyed that bit of music it was breath of the wild i, I wouldn't know i never got up to that song can't get off the tutorial in that game terrible game um Let's talk about the stuff we're playing. This is a general section of the podcast, but there's been two particularly notable games that have come out over the last week or so that um, have been worthy of discussion in their own right. So we're going to talk about both of those. Um, and we're actually past the tutorials on both of them, so it's all good. We have, yes, because they're actually good games worth playing, not like Breath of the Wild. Um, we'll start with Bloodstained, which is the Castlevania in all but name game that the former Castlevania guy went and did after leaving Konami. That's been a darling of Kickstarter. It pulled a lot of money in that way and it's finally out after God knows how many years of development. And against all odds, I think, because it was looking a bit hairy there for a while, it's turned out to be really good, hasn't it, Matt? It has, yeah, it's really good. It was looking very hairy. I think it was... I mean, I backed it on Kickstarter... And it was, I think it was originally supposed to come out in 2016, and then it kept getting delayed and getting delayed, and then that to bring extra developers on to help with way things. Way forward, like, wasn't it? Yeah, way forward, and because they needed to help to make like the 2D combat work, which is kind of very central to the game. So that was a bit concerning. Um, but then it finally came out, and with the notable exception of, if you're not playing it on Switch, it's very, very good. <laughs> yes, the Switch version is dodgy as hell at the moment. We should mention yeah. that. If you are listening to this podcast and haven't yet played the game and think to yourself, ooh, I'll give it a go because Matt and Matt both recommended it, therefore it must be good. Um, we are saying rec- we are recommending it on every platform but Switch at this stage. Even it's, Xbox. Oh, yeah, even Xbox. Xbox. Um, okay, so I'll play it on my Xbox, <laughs> not the Switch. Well, I've probably backed it. That's how silly I am. I've probably got, like, if I look through my Kickstarter, it's probably like, Trent, you have backed this. Like, that's probably where I'm at. <laughs> it, um, But, yeah, the, the Switch version we are promised will be improved. Uh, they are talking about patches and whatever. But I don't that they are working on it, on it. It's just... For now, um, go into that one with the expectation that it's not going to be good. But yeah, if you played on PS4, let's talk about why it's good. It is basically Symphony of the Night done again, <laughs> which is fun. Yeah, <laughs> which is, is, I think, what a lot of people, including myself, were really wanting from it. It's not, it's not a ground groundbreaking game that's going to push boundaries or do new things or change the world. It's just more of the things that people liked about Symphony of the Night and the Nintendo DS Castlevania games. Um, yeah, yeah, so it's basically non, non-linear platforming uh, where you, 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 know, you move back and forth, you unlock new areas as you get new abilities. And yeah, it's got that, obviously, that gothic um, atmosphere, the art and, and the vibe of it and all, all that kind of stuff. You, It's got basic RPG systems built in there and... All of that comes together in a pretty good way. The only disappointing thing about it is it tells a story that's about as good as Symphony of the Night, which is basically terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love, I love, I love these games, but Iga, Iga-san cannot write a story to save his life. No, <laughs> he's terrible. Like, he it's, uses... true. It's, it's, it's not his, his strong suit. <laughs> he um, he uses the most overwrought language. It's like he's trying to be Shakespeare, but yeah, dude, leave leave Shakespeare to Shakespeare. Um, but the, yeah, the the only memorable part of, of any story he's written is a part that was something he didn't write, and 
was just something that the localizers decided would be a good fit, which was the whole, what is a man, a miserable, miserable pile of secrets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, uh, to, funnily enough, it kind of works in um, Bloodstained, though, because it kind of has that quaint callback to how terrible Symphony of the Night's story was, which yeah. kind of works. I don't know if that's on purpose, though, Matt. That's well, probably not, way, but it, it does, still it works. It does work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it does work. Oh, his, his stories are, are cute. They're, they're very screenshotable because he just has terrible yeah. lines. It's also, there's probably uh, limits to what you can do when you've built a game that is set in a castle, castle that has portraits of people's cats all over the walls because one of the Kickstarter awards was you can get your portrait in the castle and a lot of people chose to get their cats instead of themselves <laughs> so you run around and there's just cats on the walls yeah and sometimes the, the the portraits of the cats jump off the walls and start attacking you yeah gothic cats that's pretty cool yes <laughs> um but yeah it is it is a good game uh the the platform is great it feels good it looks good um and you know we joke about the story it would be nice the only reason that the, the story is an issue is because i think you know, you and I agree, Matt. There's so much potential there for to tell a good story, and they just don't. Yeah, um, there. I mean, I kind of, I had my hopes up a little bit at the start because there, there is essentially the story is about. So the main character is someone who, against her will, had her body modified through alchemy and she gained special powers essentially um and at the at the beginning there's a lot of hints about kind of well what does this mean for like is she human and she thinks she's a monster but she's really her, a dancer her her best friend well i mean you do you <laughs> dance a little bit kind of um and then kind of so another her sort of surrogate brother who also was forced into the same process has always been the reassuring voice saying well no you're still human even if you your whole body is replaced by alchemy you're still thing but then he ends up being the bad guy because he's been corrupted by something um and so it kind of spoilers seemed, well i mean that's <laughs> yeah, like literally the first five minutes yeah yeah okay. and, um <laughs> But and so it kind of seemed like it was kind of going in that almost sort of cyberpunk sort of direction in terms of themes, and then that just kind of got forgotten about as soon as it just as soon as it was introduced, and it's about all right. There's the bad guy. We have to go stop him so that this evil castle can go back to where it came from. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there is potential there, and and you know the the set does oh set design the level design and the music and all of that kind of stuff does come together with this really intriguing setting and there's so much that could be done with it. Eager's not the guy to do that with it, but putting that aside, it is definitely worth playing. It's a great game, uh, really enjoyable action, great platforming, great monster design. Everything about it is really good. So um, don't let the narrative put you down. Um, and yeah, just if you get into it and you decide to go for the Switch version, just wait for that patch before you get too mad because it is coming, we promised. It is going to fix itself at some stage. Um, but moving over to a game which is all about the story and very good story indeed, uh, Judgment. Judgment came, came out as well um, over the last week. 
and it is basically a new take on the Yakuza um, series from a different perspective. This time around, you play as a detective um, from outside of the Yakuza families, kind of looking into the politics and the drama that they get up to, and it tells a cracking story, doesn't it, Trent? Yes, it does. Section over. <laughs> there we go. We no, 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 no. Uh, well, well, well. Uh, you know, I like got into the Yakuza game from like zero. Zero was my introduction. Like that was where I got into the series. I didn't play it beforehand, so I was very new to the game. So that's what the pinnacle is for me. That's why I like. That's great. And you're saying that judgment is better than that. So that's pretty crazy. And so far, I'm inclined to believe with you, but I'm still a bit, you know, my judgment is a bit reserved on that one yet. <laughs> I will say, I mean, when I say that I think judgment is the better game, and I do think it is actually the best game that the studios put out, which is probably a big call. But I, I think it's, it's, I find it more engaging than the Yakuza series because it's more true to the noir kind of style of storytelling because you do play as a, a guy who kind of, in theory, is on the side of the law. He works as a detective. He was previously a judge, um, a defender, uh, a defender of um, for, for a private firm. And oh, he, Matt, don't play it like that. He's clearly sus. Like, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if at the end of the game he's well, a new yuck as a guy. Like, that's the point. He that's the point of noir. It's like you do play as the guy who is on nominal, nominally on the, the side of the law, but is sus. And to me, as a big fan of The Big Sleep and all the old country Bogart films and the Raymond Chandler novels and all of that kind of stuff, as a big fan of. Uh, noir, I found that this game is very true to that. So it was, it, the, the story connected with me better. I think it fits with the setting a little bit better. I really like the the way that the Yakuza games did show off that kind of the, the internal politics of the Yakuza families and um, all the violence that was involved with that. But I think that this one is related to Yakuza, but is a different way of looking at it. And I really enjoyed that opportunity. So I think I'm a big fan of this game. I think it's great. I probably would agree with you. The story does seem to be way better. Like it, it like zero would be my pinnacle story wise still, but I guess I'm not really that far in. I'm, I'm just up to the guy at the point where you get to the guy, which looks like um, pro, uh, professor X. So I'm, um, you know, pretty, pretty, not really that far in. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's it's a long one. It, it will take you a while to get through it all, especially if you go and indulge yourself with all the side stories and stuff. And let's face it, with these games, that's where the fun lies because they're all nuts. And all of that stuff has been preserved. All the mini games are preserved. Everything about that you liked about the Yakuza series is preserved in Judgment. It is just a different look with a different set of characters. I love how easy it's so easy to just stumble upon side quests. Like you're just walking yeah. around and then it's like, bam, you're like suddenly like doing this errand for this guy. And then, you know, or you're suddenly dating this like young music singer for some reason. Like it's great like that. Yeah. Yeah. It is pretty cool. Um, how... The, the world feels so alive, which is great. It's a small open world. It's tiny. As anybody who has played a Yakuza game knows, it's about, what, 10 blocks of city, and that's it. So unlike the sprawling open worlds that we get in the Western games, this one actually is smaller and contained, but it's better because you're not wandering around doing nothing for endless kilometers, which is just boring. I think the design of the, the series is, is good, and, yeah, um, I, I think it's a great game. One of the highlights of the year so far. And I'm surprised you haven't played it yet, Matt. 
know you like your Yakuza. I do. I, I also, I was, Yakuza 0 was where I got my start with Yakuza. Um, and I really enjoyed that. I, I mean, I don't want to play it. I think it's just, it hasn't, just for whatever reason, it hasn't really been on my radar as much. And it came out at a time when there are lots of other games vying for my attention and monies. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I think after Yakuza Zero in particular, that series became something that people looked forward to, as in the name itself. You know, I, I think a lot of people bought into Yakuza Six, for example, just because they loved Yakuza. And yeah. I'd be very interested to see how Judgment sells because it's basically asking you to get hooked on an entirely different franchise. And that's um, that's interesting because I I, I think. It, people have already kind of forgotten that the same development studio created a fist of the North star game. Um, and I can't remember the subtitle of it, but I think it was, it was released late last year. And that fist of the North star game is basically Yakuza just in the anime setting. And it was amazing. And I think that a lot of people overlooked it because it wasn't Yakuza. So it seems like the, the loyalty to this series is to the name Yakuza, the, that particular franchise rather than the, the game itself at the moment. So it'll be interesting to see if they can establish judgment as a, a separate franchise in its own right. Because they can't go back to Yakuza anymore. That's done. <laughs> that narrative arc is all over. So yeah. they've got to find a new way of doing it. Hopefully this one does it. Yeah, that was pretty cool. It's also got that, like, the Kickstarter thing. That, that I've just got that in the game. And it's like, this is a bit weird. This is fun. This is interesting. And it seems... I, I don't know. I'm not really sold on how you make money in Judgment yet. Like, it just seems like... Beating up dudes. No, well, yeah, there's that. But, <laughs> like, you know, like, the other games, they have, like, you know, the retail. Like, you buy all the buildings and all that other cool stuff. But this seems like it's got the Kickstarter thing, but... Yeah, and but you don't really make money; you just collect and unlock stuff. And then, like from what I can understand, you unlock money because you um you got a token from a homeless guy, which gives you access to a VR game, which then like you then play because you're quote homeless, but you're not. And then you get f- tokens, which then you use to sell for money. And then suddenly you're rich, and then you're basically riding on the fact that you appear homeless. What? Well, that's one way to make money. <laughs> I, mean, the, I mean, part of the point of the game is that you're meant to be a, this this poor poor detective that doesn't get much money in. So if you end up accumulating a lot of money, it's you probably spend a bit too much time in those mini games and stuff. Yeah, but, but did... some of the missions are like, oh, you know, come into my pub and suddenly now you're paying like 100,000. Like, yeah, like, they're just like, I don't have that money. Yeah, that's the point. You know, you don't have that kind of money. It's not like Yakuza where you've got an entire wealthy, you know, crime lord families backing you. <laughs> this time around, you are actually meant to be, you know, poor and, and struggling to get by because that's a that's noir thing. That's a very big part of the noir atmosphere, and I, I think it works. Um, I did like the VR games though, because this game, as anybody knows, this is basically set in a version of um, Kabukicho, real world Kabukicho that they've slightly renamed. <laughs> For reasons I'm not sure why they did that, but it's basically Kabukicho. And until very recently, Kabukicho had a, a huge VR theme park actually in there. It was only meant to be temporary, but it ended up lasting for longer than it should have. And in that theme park, you can play stuff like Mario Kart and Dragon Quest, and it was it was a great VR <laughs> experience. And I'd been I think I went three times in total from my trips in Japan, 
it's down, it's gone now, unfortunately. But that arcade is actually in the game this time around, and you get tickets for playing from various sources. I get a lot of my tickets from playing that baseball mini game that's in there as well, the batting cage mini game. That's so and, hard. Batting is hard. <laughs> yeah, I know. But this time around, I actually, in previous years of games, I never bothered with it. But this time, the promise oh, of tickets for the VR cool. thing um, was good. <laughs> and yeah, uh, I spent a lot of time playing the batting game and getting the tickets and get playing with the VR thing, mostly because I'm sad I'll never get to experience that VR arcade in the real world again. It's very sad. I'm you never, missed out on playing Dragon Quest. Now. I know. I'll never, never get to experience it ever. It was the best thing. I tell you, this is not related, I guess, to this <laughs> section, but I'm going to talk about it anyway because it was the best thing I've ever done in my life. Uh, it, it, it was this Dragon Quest. It was a full VR arcade experience where you form a team of four. So when I was there, I was with my wife and we met another couple of people in the line and teamed up with them. <laughs> we made quick friends. And... Um, yeah, you go in and then two of you play as warriors and then one of you plays a white mage, the healer, and one of you plays as a black mage or the, you know, the, the, the destructive spell user. And you're in this huge kind of um, empty warehouse style thing and you put on the VR goggles, you clear an area, you actually physically walk to the next area and you clear it and you have to go through, I think it was four, four different areas with a final boss and you got to fight all the Dragon Quest classic enemies and... Yeah, it was the full Dragon Quest experience, but you're actually swinging a sword, which you actually physically held this thing that was weighed down like a sword to swing. And yeah, it felt very authentic. It was great. And you'll never get to experience Matt. I'm so sorry for that. It's sad. Yeah. Rub it in, why don't you? Yeah, I'm sorry. I really wish that it stayed <laughs> up. I was, I, I, I really wish that theme park stayed up because it was a great theme park. And it's sad that it's gone. But yeah. it's still there in judgment. Not that yeah, but it's yeah, judgment. You ba ba mm. uh, bash people up and get yeah. points, and it's like some sort of monopoly-like game. It's great. And on that note, <laughs> we'll go to some music and then come back and talk about something a bit different. Um, you can pick the song this time, Matt, because I'm too lazy. Oh, let's see music and judgment. I don't know, but there's probably music in Bloodstained that we can find. There's, let's do there's, that. Here's what's what's the. We'll use some Bloodstained music so yeah. you can get in the mood to buy that game, just not on Switch. Music, just yet. music in that game is good. Power of Judgment music is too ambient.
And we're back. So last week we started a new, I guess, feature in the podcast or a new thing that we're going to do uh, most weeks. And that was a countdown of our top three examples of a particular genre or thing within video games. Last week we did sports games. This week we're going to do fighting games because we've got Matt here and Matt's a major fighting game fan. So we'll count down our top three fighting games and give you a brief reason for why we like each of those in particular. So as the guest of honor, Matt, off you go. Top three. Top three. Top three. Only three. Not, no more, no less. All right. Maximum three. Um, I guess my... Of all time. Of all time. Of all time. My... My favorite one would be um, Guilty Gear X2 Sharp Reload, which is a dumb name because a lot of games have dumb names, um, which was one of the, I think that was the the game that really got me interested in Guilty, in, in the Guilty, well, that was the first game really that I played of Guilty Gear, um, which came out, I think it was like around 2004. Um and I think still has a special place in my heart, and in terms of just just the the overall the the character the characters that are present in it. Um, does it have Dizzy? It does have Dizzy. It was. Oh, well, that's the main thing. That was the game that introduced Dizzy. Yeah. Well, I mean, not technically. Techni- it, it was the second. This was the like the second version of Guilty Gear X Two. Right. And it was, yeah, X2 was the game that introduced Dizzy, I think. Right. Gotcha. I'm not 100% sure on that. But anyway, she's in it. And um, she's the she's the, the, the main catalyst for the story, insofar as there is a story, because this was in a, a time before fighting games really had elaborate story modes, but the basic idea was that there was a bounty on her head, so everyone's trying to catch her and claim the bounty because it was assumed that she was evil, but actually she wasn't. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it's just what initially struck me about it and why one of the big things that I still love about Guilty Gear today, um, going into the newer games as well, is just how like ridiculous the character designs are in particular. Like it's they're 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 not really clever or um, boundary pushing in that kind of way. They're just really like someone's gone. All right, I want to do a character who is Freddie Mercury, but he's also a scientist who does experiments on himself. So now he's half dragon, and that's how you get characters like the main um, character and the Australian version of Frank Zappa, who's just wants to get married and settle down, but he can't because he's possessed by five ghosts <laughs> um, and just, yeah, that sort of stuff. And then, so that was what first made me interested in it. And then as I, as I played it more, it's a, the thing that made me keep wanting to play it. And I guess play fighting games in general more is just the, um, I don't want to say complexity because people always get put off by complexity, but just the the amount of depth in it um, in terms of just 
there's a lot going on in terms of game systems and in terms of every character. Um, even the weakest characters have just really dumb things that they can do that are hard to deal with. And I think I've seen comments that said, um, made by other people that said, you know, any every character in, a, in Guilty Gear would be a boss character in any other game, which is kind of true. Um, and it just it just means that it's the in terms of the actual competitive element it's there's always you can you you you'll never get to a point where you're like all right i know i know everything about this game and it's i know what the op optimal way to play is and i just have to do it it's always there's always more to learn and more to figure out and i think that just makes the 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 actual competitive part of it really interesting and exciting so that would be my number one i guess my number two would be largely for the same reasons but um guilty gear x third rev 2 again the series is known for having dumb names um, <laughs> but that's just being the most recent and most current most current game that of that series that people play these days does it have dizzy um, it does have dizzy <laughs> um I'm because I'm pretty sure that my my line between what is good guilty gear and what is not is just is dizzy there. That's kind of that's where I draw the line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's 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 all that counts to me. That's all that's important. I think dizzy might have been the boss in Guilty Gear X. Okay. But um, and then became a standard character in X two. Um, but yeah, and largely for the same reasons again. It's got a lot of the just the weird characters and some of the best characters haven't returned such as again Australian Frank Zappa um, and someone called Abba who is like a kind of weird Swedish group no um, <laughs> actually I only play BGs <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it she's like some sort of like weird crazy thing person just wrapped in bandages and she fights with a giant key which is alive and she drinks blood packs to power up um so let me yeah. guess your third one will be another guilty gear game no it won't um, oh okay i'm i'm stalling because i'm trying to think what my third one uh, <laughs> my third one i think <laughs> yes would it would have i'd have to say samurai showdown five special um, which is, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's not a game that I've played that much and never really got very good at, but that was, I think, probably one of the first fighting games I ever played, and that made me interested in fighting games as something other than just go in and randomly press buttons and get sad when I lose. <laughs> um... So have yeah. you played the new one yet? A little bit. I really like good? it. That's ah, good. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That's yeah. Good. Because I was looking into that one, but I haven't played it yet. That's. I mean, it's got still not sure about the art. Still not sure about the art style. I, I think like I like sprites. it. It's, I mean, it's not as good as sprites, but it is. It mostly looks really good in action, except for the one part I don't like it. So they've kind of done like they've got sort of. A shader type effect to try and make it look like 
a sort of comic book style um, cross hatching. Right. Um, but that is rather than being something that's applied to the screen, it's directly on the actual character models themselves. So in the actual fights, it looks fine. Um, but when you have like the intro cutscenes and stuff where the camera is more animated, it's just, it doesn't really work. Like it just looks like the people have lots of cross hatches drawn on them rather yeah. than being a sort of art style as such. But, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Understood. Um, okay, so that's your three. Moving on to Trent. I know these three are going to be your Smash Brothers games. So go, Trent. <laughs> no, no, no. I, 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 all right. Let's 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 pretend I was going to say all three of them were Smash Brothers. What what would you rate? What would might be my Smash Brothers list, Matt? Oh, I'm pretty sure you're a melee guy. Melee guy? No, no, no. See, no, I, no, I, no. I, I'm, I, I'm the kind of guy which uh, just plays whatever I've remembered in the past five seconds. So the Switch version, even though I. Uh, suck at it will be number one and then it will go melee and then it will go probably brawl would be somewhere la i don't know uh, i didn't like the 3ds and the wii u so brawl would probably be better than melee all right so so switch brawl melee there we go but that's not my list <laughs> <laughs> um but in the sense of you know oh let's what things actually does remember actually playing instead of some obscure game from the 90s. Uh, let's go with Arms on the Switch. As much as, you know, it didn't have legs, it was actually an okay game. It had some interesting characters. You know, it had some cool ideas. Like, you know, if that was on the Wii, that would be my jam. Like, could you imagine having two, like a Wiimote and the Nunchuck and doing the whole, like, uh, thing? I know that's how it controls on the Switch, but, like, if it was on the Wii, you would have been, like, into it. It would have been, like, boxing, like a mini game. I literally forgot that game existed. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I actually yeah. forgot that that game was actually there on the Switch. So I'm glad that some people enjoyed it that much. That they still remember it. Well done, Trent, for reminding me of that one. It did have no. It had interesting character design. It had interesting levels. The problem is, it didn't have anything to grab you back into the game. Like it was kind of developed like a very older style fighting game. Like it didn't really have a story mode. It didn't really have like any action which would make people interested in what's happening. So. It was a good fighting game. It just was a very bland fighting game. Okay. So, yeah. So that will be on my list. And then probably one of the Smash Brothers will be on my list. I'll, I won't pick the Switch one just because of how much I... is At the start, I loved the light world. But in the end, I died a little bit inside and agreed with you that it was really bad. So I'll probably <laughs> go with uh, Brawl um, because I like... You know the Wind Waker levels and that sort of thing, so that was cool. So I I'll go with Brawl over Melee there. Maybe even the 64 version over Melee. Melee's not that great. Anyway, so that will be my second game, <laughs> and then my third game. Um, have I even played free fighting games in my life? <laughs> Just say Guilty Gear if you're not if you're not sure. No, I'll say a Switch game, <laughs> Pokémon. Pokedon? What's Pokedon? Pokedon! Pokedon. Oh, Pokedon. Pokedon tournament. Yeah. Right, yes. Right. Yes. yes. That is a fighting game. Yes. It is. That's it's a good one, cool. actually. It yes. is. It is a good game. Yeah. That's actually a very good fighting game. I'm not a big fan of most of Bandai's fighting games, Tekken. <clears throat> but Pokken's good. Pokken's very good. Because yeah. Pikachu wears a luchador suit. Mm. 
I like how if you're both playing as the same characters, they have like little outfits and stuff on them. It's really cool. <laughs> yeah, Falcon's good fun. I, I I agree with you. That's that's a really good one. Um, it was good on the Wii U and was even better on the Switch. So yeah, so that's my list. What okay. about you, Matt? Well, I'll I'll let you two guess. So take a wild guess what my favorite fighting game of all time is. Take Something with panties. That's a guilty gear. <laughs> guilty gear is good, Matt. I'll give you that. But, is it, is uh, it um, dead or alive? It is dead is or alive. It, yeah, but wish fun. dead or alive. There's a lot of them. Is it dead or alive six? It is six. <laughs> I like the I like what they've brought to the new one. I've played it an awful lot since it came out, like a lot, a lot. Um, I I got actually into Dead or Alive a little bit later than other people. Um, I got into it with uh, what, what was the one on the Xbox three sixty? That was three, four, four, I think. Four. So I actually only got into it fairly late, um, and it was really Dead or Alive five that really converted me to the series. <clears throat> And I played that one an awful lot. I think what they brought to six is, is is a significant improvement. I mean, for amongst other things, the whole point of Dead or Alive is it kind of needs to have <laughs> the best character models and, and stuff possible. Um, and obviously the latest one does that. So, yeah, Dead or Alive 6 is great. Uh, I find the fighting to be very engaging. Uh, I, I like the counter-heavy system. I like being able to practice so that I can basically deflect every attack and not really need to go on the offense and just kind of play that kind of game. Um, and that annoys people. I do like my fighting games where I can annoy people <laughs> and being able to yeah, time, time the deflections and the counters so that yeah, they can't get a hit in is, is a good way of doing that. So I like that. And of course I like the fan service. So that counts. That that matters a great deal. <laughs> Dead or Alive Six obviously offers that in spades. So that's my favourite fighting game of all time. Second one, I'm going to go with Soul Calibur Two. Oh, um, yes. oh I game. forgot about that game. Yes, that, yes, that is Soul that Calibur would be II. that would be a game which would be on my list if I remembered games existed outside <laughs> of this year. <laughs> so yes, yeah, Soul Calibur Two is that was the game a bit like. Guilty Gear for you, Matt. That was the oh, sorry, Samurai Showdown for you. That was the game that kind of converted me to the entire genre and made me realize that um, I like it. And for more than just mashing buttons and then getting sad when I lose, um, I played that actually a lot in the arcade. The, my university had a small little arcade um, which had about ten machines, and one of them was Soul Calibur Two. And between lectures, or sometimes instead of them, I would go and <laughs> you know drop some money in and just you know play that it was a good release for me um and then i picked it up also uh on the gamecube and of course you have to do that because it had link link is like the best character in the I whole game i was just about to say link sucked but um, <gasps> oh no no yeah. <laughs> but i i liked uh you know it was a kind of an arcade quality experience on the console which at that time was still hard to find i guess um the consoles were not quite as as powerful as arcade machines, so there was always some kind of concession made with fighting games on them. But with um, with that game, it was pretty much spot on, and yeah, I really liked it, and I enjoy the characters in it. It has a good Soul Calibur has always had a good range of characters. Soul Calibur Two introduced Talon, who is one of my favorite fighting game characters of all time, and I got really good with her. Again, she's a very good character for using for deflecting attacks and counter-punching and annoying the hell out of the other player, which means she's perfect for me. Um, so, yeah, that was that was there. And then my third one, that's... Third one, third one. Blaz Blue Central Fiction, I'm going to go with, because I like Blaz Blue a great deal. 
Blaze Blue to me is what Guilty Gear is to Matt. Um, it's kind of over the top with a range of very over the top characters, <laughs> and they do really cool things quite quite easily. Um, I find I think Blaze Blue has a reputation of being a particularly challenging fighter and i think in the competitive scene it would be i've never really tried because i don't play fighting games competitively but in terms of just getting into it and, and just enjoying yourself uh, i think it's pretty good and yeah i really enjoy the characters so that would be my three i think i was trying to think of a way to fit a mortal Kombat in there as well but i couldn't i couldn't do it to myself that's mortal Kombat your number four you yeah, more combat. Just have a fourth. Just say, yeah. Just be like, yeah. I'm cheating because I did say three and maximum three, but I, I like Mortal Kombat for the same reason that I like Dead or Alive, just different. Um, uh, because <laughs> I don't know, I like my fighting games when they're kind of over the top in some way, and obviously Dead or Alive is over the top with the fan service and stuff. Mortal Kombat's way over the top with the violence, and um, everybody knows that, of course. But I, I really like it. Um, I like it when they bring in horror characters as well. So the recent Mortal Kombat, where they had Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees, that was pretty neat. I really enjoyed that. And yeah, fighting games are good games. They're fun. Yeah. They're a good de-stressor. <laughs> if you had a tough day, fighting games is always a good way of recovering. And on, too much time mashing. Well, you're just playing them wrong, Trent. I'm not playing them wrong. <laughs> you're playing them wrong. <laughs> You're, you're, you're spending too much time playing Smash Brothers. That's your problem. That's a very frustrating game because it's so bad. And butt and mashing and judgment because there's <laughs> like too many like combos and oh, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing and butt and mashing. Mm. <laughs> I just suck at video games. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, Trent doesn't actually suck at video games. Um, that would be mean for me to say that. Uh, but on that note, we're going to go to some music, and I guess I don't really get out of choosing it this time around since I forced you guys to do it. Um, what am I going to choose? What am I going to choose? What am I going to choose? We're talking fighting games. Let's go with... Fighting games don't really have great music, except for Guilty Gear. I'm going to pick something from Guilty Gear, but then I'm going to get Matt to pick it off air because I don't know Guilty Gear music that well. <laughs> <laughs> so Matt's going to pick a bit of Guilty Gear music. That's how we're going to finish. Thanks very much for tuning in, everybody. Thanks for being on the podcast, Matt and Trent. Always good to have you there. And we will see you next week for plenty more antics. Bye.